0: The sudden and stunning collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and the ripple effect across the industry is prompting some uncomfortable flashbacks. 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 The
1: last time we saw a bank crisis like this was in 1992. Bank collapse. Regulators shutting down Silicon Valley Bank, the largest banking failure since the 2008 banking crisis. The banks were making these bad investments. Silicon Valley Bank, they made some really bad bets. They made some bad investments. And losing money. When the Fed started to rates aggressively that meant that silicon valley bank immediately lost money on those investments the housing market crashed brand new fears the u.s housing market may be headed for a crash and they needed a bailout do you think the government should consider a bailout americans can have confidence
0: that the banking system is safe
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm sorry i didn't realize that was the end i just thought that the president said was hysterical um Hopefully you were not surprised by what is happening right now. I'm going to tell you some things, uh, and it continues on tomorrow's program. We're going to be answering some real detailed questions tomorrow, the average person on radio. But I do not want to share these things with you to panic you. I want you to be informed so you can be the exact opposite of that. Um, the worst thing anyone can do is panic. The worst thing you can do, unless your your money is not insured by the FDIC, don't pull your money out of the bank. Don't pull your money out of the bank. You'll get it. I mean, if we really go down the crapper, I mean, it's gonna. I mean, you could use it to wipe yourself, but that'll be about all it's worth. But I digress. Uh, I've been trying to warn about the systemic problems with our economy since way before the 2008. I wasn't surprised when it happened. Uh, I still don't believe that that wasn't the big one. The problem was we came in and uh, we fixed it with things that are just going to break again. It was a sign that something was broken and needed to be changed. But the recovery ended up being a massive bailout to double down on what was broken. I want to start today by saying I don't believe what is happening right now is the big one. Uh, like in 2008, this is yet another sign. It's maybe a whisper of what's to come, but that could change at any time. I uh, I don't like what the whisper is saying, but I just don't think that this is it. I think the Fed is probably doing some things overseas after the uh, stock market today. It probably. Probably sending a trillion dollars over or something, but we won't know that for five years. But tonight, I want to show you the past, the present, and the possible future. How did we get here? What happened last week? And where is this all leading to? I want to start with the second largest bank failure in U.S. history, and Silicon Valley Bank. Um, But did you know it wasn't the first bank to collapse last week? Silicon Valley got all of the media attention, but they were actually the second bank to go down. I'll tell you what the first bank was later on in the program. I think it says a lot about where we're going and what our government is thinking. So where are we? Well, by last Friday, the four biggest banks in the country lost a combined $52 billion in market value. JP Morgan lost $22 billion, Bank of America $16 billion, Wells Fargo $10 billion, Citigroup $4 billion. After the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank on Friday, then Signature Bank on Sunday. Now that one was taken over. They still claim, oh, we would have been fine, but I don't know but that was the second and third largest crashes in US history. Trading was halted for on multiple banks on Monday morning. Bank shares were in freefall for a while. First Republic lost nearly 62%. PacWest dropped 45%. Western Alliance 47%. Zions 60 uh, t- I'm sorry, 26%. KeyCorp 27, Charles Schwab 11, Bank of America Nearly six. Wow, it seems the bigger you are, less trouble you have. Trading would be halted multiple times to contain the panic. So what was going on? What were people panicking about? Were Silicon Valley Bank and Signature that significant? Fear, fear was the primary driver for pretty much all of this. But I want to take a closer look at what happened in Silicon Valley because that whisper can turn into a shout. Is this a one-off fluke, or is it a sign of actual systemic problems? We have to go back to 2020 to be able to answer that, and a little education on how the system works. Okay, when you have money, the money comes as printed by the Federal Reserve. It is not a government entity. It is a private entity that uh, basically owns, the, or I don't know which one owns which, it's all the same money as the five or six biggest banks in America. So they run the Fed, okay? Uh, And they also run the banks, or the banks run them, I'm not sure. But they print the money, they give it to the bank, then they loan it at a certain percentage. It has been zero for the last, what, 10 years or so. So, they loan it to the banks for zero. They loan it to you for maybe 1% because you're going to start a company or it's going to build new things in your factory. You're going to buy a car or a house or whatever. And you pay 1%. They get the 1%. And when it's deposited, uh, they keep the 1%, supposed to give it back to the Fed. Okay? That's the way it works. Now, when you have a collapse of an economy and you have what happened in 2008, you're hearing this again. You have a liquidity uh, uh, crisis. What is a liquidity crisis? It means means people are holding on to their money. There's not enough money in the system. So they print more money. They put it out, hoping that it will stop a collapse. Well, they did this. They called it quantitative, quantitative easing. I like to call it money printing. Now, they say it's not money printing, because it's digitized. Oh, I'm sorry, Webster. Quantitative easing, they put it at a zero interest rate. They're trying to get you to borrow money because they want you to buy stuff because that makes the factories work and the real estate agents can make money and then they can spend it going to the movies or whatever. So they push all this money out in more, in, in record numbers, more currency is out than at any time in the history of the world. (laughs) Okay, that's not good. So we're pushing all this money out. All right, that's what they do. Now how do they fund quantitative easing? I'll come back to that one in a second. But Silicon Valley Bank was a big beneficiary, as all of the banks were, of this. This is what we kinda saw happen during the 2008 recovery. Now 2018, before the pandemic, Silicon Valley Bank had $49 billion in deposits. By 2021, they had $190 billion. Business was good. OK, so what do you do with all that excess cash? They have all that money. What do you do? Well, to understand this, and I hate it when people say, government's not the same as you. Yes, it is. Math is math, just on a larger scale bank is the same as you. When you have lots of extra cash, what do you do? Well, you might put some in a savings. You might put it in your checking account. Um, But you don't put a lot of it in the checking account. And you try to stay away from savings if they're not paying you anything. You also might buy some stuff that you really don't need. Then you'll buy a house or car, real estate, if you want to be If you want to be smart, you'll invest it in the stock market. Or if you want to be safe, you'd put it in gold or silver. If you want the safest place money could ever go to, you fall down in front of the altar of the almighty government. I have full faith and trust in the federal government. That's what they tell you. safer than gold or silver. That's why they have inverse treasuries. Oh no, oh no, you don't have to put it in and worry about inflation. Just keep giving us the money. So what did they do? Silicon Valley Bank, while you went and bought stuff, real estate, cars, whatever, if you could afford it, put some in your savings, they took their money, some of your savings and everything else, and they bought treasury bills. Now this... This one is a little strange. They bought treasury bills. Everybody was making money. Everything was going well until it wasn't. The reason why this is strange is they bought 10-year treasury bills, and they bought it in the good times. So we all felt good. Oh, man, that's great. Yet we all also realized you can't do this. You can't print massive amounts of cash, as the Fed always does, because you'll get inflation. We couldn't afford to put gas in our cars, buy groceries. The cost of a used car was insane. The operating costs of the tech companies and startups that use Silicon Valley Bank, likewise, all that shot through the roof. The bank's balance began to tumble because the companies in Silicon Valley were not cutting you know, any of their expenses. They were spending like they were in the good times. So they were pulling money out of the bank. You couldn't afford it, so you were pulling money out of the bank. Other banks started offering you better interest for your savings, so you pulled out of this bank and maybe went to another bank. So the Fed went into their usual autopilot mode because what is inflation? Inflation is too many dollars, they've done that chasing too few products well what do they do they inflate if they've inflated they raise interest rates this is why because then when you go to get a loan you're paying the bank the bank is maybe charging you eight percent the fed is charging the bank maybe five percent okay so they keep their profit you bled dry, and they get 5%. And what do they do with the 5% of cash that comes back? They're supposed to put it in the crematorium and burn it. That way, they get rid of too many dollars. But the problem with this theory is. You're not only destroying the dollars, if you raise the interest rates too high, then you can't buy anything, which means factories have to lay people off. The factories can't build. The jobs start to go away. So it's a really delicate math problem that I have complete confidence in the federal government to figure it out. So, treasury bonds. They had all these treasury bonds at Silicon, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, Sil- uh, whatever. But they bought 10-year bills, which means if you're going to invest and you're going to have that money for a while, go ahead, put it in a 10-year investment. However, when you buy them at the good time, the zero interest rate applies to you. They bought bills that were almost at zero, okay? So you're not getting any profit. But the great thing is... The price of a T-bill, what you get in exchange, if the interest rate goes up, the interest rate goes up on these, but not if you already have them. But if I buy a 10-year bill today, I'm going to get, instead of zero, I'll get 5%. So why would I buy one at 0% today? By November of last year, JP Morgan addressed the elephant in the room. They warned that on top of Silicon Valley Bank's cash problem, they also had $16 billion in unrealized losses. What's an unrealized loss? It's really easy. Unrealized loss. For you, uh, it's maybe your house. If you didn't sell your house when it was at a high, Did you lose any money? You only lose money if you have a for sale sign in there and you have to sell it today. Then you have a realized loss. An unrealized loss means, yeah, my house isn't worth as much today, but I don't have to sell it, so I'm not going to lose anything. Panic is the problem. If you have to sell your house, then that unrealized loss becomes a realized loss. Well, Silicon Valley, they had an unrealized loss, but because they had people pulling all their money out, they had to get, they had to have money. So they started selling their bonds. And again, why would I buy a bond from them when I can get 5%? So if you're, if you're panicked, I guess, I mean, I'll make a deal, but you're going to lose 20 cents, 25 cents on the dollar. When people saw... That the bank was doing that. No bank loses 25 cents on every dollar unless they have to. People who had their money there going, wait a minute, they might, they're probably in trouble. They tried to calm the fears by selling some, you know, some off of their bonds. They tried to sell uh, their bonds i think they took a, like a, almost a 2 billion dollar loss 1.8 billion dollars and that's when people were like okay there's trouble and a run commenced it collapsed the bank done now joe biden says everything is fine we're real confident. like we right <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, he filled me with confidence. He says that the FDIC is going to ensure that everyone gets their money and it's not going to cost you a dime. Huh? Well, that's weird because everybody, I mean, doesn't? I mean, I read the sticker on the door up to 250000 That's why if I had money like the people at Silicon Valley do, I'd put it in multiple banks. But you just changed the law through executive order? Wow. And do you have the actual numbers of the FDIC? <laughs> I do. The FDIC, it is something that every bank pays into a certain amount. And everybody pays into it in case your bank collapses. Then they have the cash. They are flush with cash. I mean, if it's 1972, they only have $128 billion in cash. So... Just for the two banks that have collapsed so far, those two banks need 264 billion. So half of them will get their money unless the Fed prints more and who's on the hook for that? The Biden administration, the bankers, the high-end investors I, I have no doubt that they know that this is more than just some random one-off. They see what is starting to happen. Hopefully, we can contain it, but it is coming. It's, it's like one of those Fauci experiments. You can do it in the lab, but since you're running the lab like China runs the lab, it's probably going to get out again. Last week, before the bank collapse, Jerome Powell said interest rates would have to continue to go up. They have no choice if they want to stop inflation. Uh, But they have no choice because if they do that, then the bonds take more unrealized losses that make problems that were part of the Silicon Valley Bank collapse much worse. Banks will continue to lose money from their unrealized losses, and now they're weaker treasury bonds that they invested in. And so what do they do? Gosh, I guess we should have bought gold instead. No, no, paper's much better. The higher the interest rates go up, the more you are squeezed, the less deposits you have in the bank, the fewer jobs there are, and... uh, The bank gets squeezed. You and the bank. Check this out from the FDIC. They reported by the end of 2022, the American banking system was on the hook for $620 billion in unrealized losses. Now that's fine, unless there's a fire sale. By the way, the interest rates still going up. Can they really claim that we don't have a much larger systemic problem right now? The White House tweeted this a few days ago. The economy is moving in the right direction under President Biden's leadership. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know what? I think he means that. I think he actually, but his direction is not the same direction that I think you and I would like to go into. You know what I'm saying? Now, if this doesn't instill confidence in you, let me give you this. Meanwhile, over at Moody's. They just caught the US, cut the U.S. banking uh, uh, sector from stable to negative. Said it's ra- rapidly deteriorating. Okay, but wait a minute. You just said this isn't systemic. How deep does this go? Well, what a surprise. The media is not telling you the truth. When we come back, I'll show you An extremely troubling fact that the Fed is trying to keep quiet. Say with your inside voice. I should give it to a senator and say it's about Russia, because then they'll say it. Where is all this leading? I'll show you next. I have the ultimate fact check for you. Um, Steve Forbes is going to be on with us uh, in just a second. He's watching the the show. No pressure to get it right, Glenn. None at all. Um, He'll correct anything that I got wrong and help me understand and help you understand if we did. I want to show you a graph. Now, this shows Silicon Valley Bank's profits over the past several years. Being in the black was really never a problem. Then the pandemic era, it was like boomtown, right? Then, as I told you earlier, the economy took a nosedive, inflation spiked, then people, you know, pulled $42 billion out. If you're a banker, that is the scariest graph you can imagine. That's a run on the bank, okay? So this is the nightmare fuel for banking executives. So if that's the scariest scenario for a bank, Let me show you another graph from the United States Federal Reserve. I'm hoping Steve can say, no, no, Glenn, this isn't what it means. But so far, I think it is. See the massive nosedive right there? Okay, that looks an awful lot like a reverse hockey stick or like the Silicon Valley Bank last week, except worse. It's not good. This is the Fed. As in the top bank in the country, you know, the Central Bank of America that controls everything. Yeah, it shows the data of them having had a quarter that was negative 40 billion, right? Is that the quarter, Jason? I believe it is. Okay, we have a problem. Houston, hello. (laughs) Can we? NASA. Okay, so what the heck is it? All right, the... Let me show you the, uh, the actual document. The Fed uh, it says that it is the earnings remittances due to the U.S. Treasury. What is that? Okay, it's a measure of something mandated in the Federal Reserve Act, and the Fed says, you know, it requires banks to remit excess earnings to the U.S. Treasury, blah, 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 blah. So after they pay for everything, um, then they take some of their earnings, or they take the earnings, and they... Give it back to the Fed. In other words, once the Fed banks make all their money, uh, then they're required to give the excess to the Treasury. That's nice. I didn't know that. It's usually used to offset the federal deficit. Now, let's go back to that graph. Like Silicon Valley Bank, staying above the line, out, you know, above the black right there, never really seems to be an issue. The data shows that from 2011 until the end of 2022, Fed Bank making money, uh, making money. They were they were delivering all of that access to the Treasury as per the Federal Reserve Act. Then it took a nosedive like we've never seen literally in its 107 year history. So what's happening? Well, I think the answer is easy as it is infuriating. A little like Silicon Valley. Why would you put your money in T-bills and lock it down for 10 years? That's stupid. And wasn't the guy who did that, wasn't he, on the board of the San Francisco Reserve? Yeah. Okay. It's a little frightening. As inflation went up, the Fed responded as their mandate. They raised interest rates. That included the rate that banks use to lend each other money called the federal funds rate. This chart shows the federal fund rate over the last 10 years. It went to zero right after the crash in 08. Then it ticked up a bit during the recovery. Then it bottomed back down to stimulate the growth during the pandemic. Similar to how banks invest in variable rate treasury bonds to make extra cash when times are good... The Fed funded quantitative easing with variable rate assets. I know this is complex, but I'm getting to it here in a second. I want to show you this from the Congressional Budget Office. Most of these assets purchased by the Federal Reserve pay interest at fixed rates, but the bank reserves issued by the Federal Reserve to pay for those assets have been variable interest costs. In other words, in an attempt to inject cash into the system... Uh, And then reining it back in, the Fed drove themselves into the red. They did exactly what's hammering the entire U.S. banking system right now. Thank God there's no panic or an emergency. This banking system, by the way, is the same banking system that yesterday, Glenn, this will never happen, Moody's downgraded to negative. And they say this isn't a sign of a larger problem. They say this isn't something systemic. Well, I may be going out on a limb here, but I don't think I trust the experts right now. Inflation is still out of control. The The uh, budget that Biden just gave is almost $7 trillion. The Fed will have no choice but to continue to raise interest rates, which will put both themselves and every other bank caught it in the web, to incur losses. But if they don't raise interest rates, then inflation continues to rise. What happens to small and medium banks in this scenario? How do they survive? Maybe a bigger question is, and the right one is, how do you survive? And... Does the Biden administration even want the banks to survive? I mean, the little ones. Do you remember what uh, uh, that socialist that Biden nominated for the comptroller of the currency said? She believed that the U.S. banking system needed to be completely revamped. Small banks would go away and the Fed would be the grantor of loans. Now, if that's the eventual goal, how do you get there? And what is the eventual goal? Let me put this in Marvel terms. A major banking crisis, think Infinity War. And central bank digital currency, endgame. I don't believe they care if some of the banks collapse, as long as they aren't the banks connected to the Fed. Everything will move toward their desired endpoint. And that endpoint, in my opinion, is a Fed-controlled digital currency. Currency It is the ultimate control mechanism, and it is coming. Recent amendments to the U.S. commercial code include the addition of the words electronic money. It also bans things like uh, cryptocurrency, you know, if it was started before. Okay, so if this can go forward, the Biden administration will have to get more aggressive on anything that undermines CBDC. That means going after anything like... Oh, something hard to regulate, like Bitcoin. We've already been seeing that over the past couple of years, but it also means going after banks that are not following their orders from Washington and are open to dealing with crypto investors. Signature Bank was shut down after Silicon Valley Bank. Did you know that they had become the bank for crypto investors? Now, wait a minute, now I'm starting to believe the board that maybe they weren't on the line and could have survived, but the Fed shut them down. This New York Times article mentions the bank was able to stabilize this panic. Things were looking up, says the bank was able to, quote, weather the storm. It also says that banking executives were shocked when the government told them they were seizing the bank. Isn't that fascinating? It is interesting Oh, and I also told you at the top of the show that Silicon Valley Bank wasn't the first bank to shut down last week. Another one was the first. It was Silvergate Bank. It announced that it was shutting down on Wednesday. Wanna guess what their focus was? Yeah, you got it. Cryptocurrency. Now, why did mostly no one hear about this one? Their statement said, quote, In light of recent industry and regulatory developments, Silvergate believes that an orderly wind-down of bank operations and a voluntary liquidation of the bank is the best path forward. In light of recent industry and regulatory developments. Wow. Those developments and regulation hurt the crypto bank. Huh. And so they voluntarily just shut down, they can't make it otherwise. Are the Fed and the Treasury trying to do to crypto what the EPA is trying to do to coal and gas? Effectively regulating them out of existence? Crypto just lost both of its main banks in one week and we're not talking about it. The banking situation is a product of our own government's doing and the Fed. I can't see how it's gonna get any better. Ultimately, it will continue to go the way the Fed wants it to, a CBDC. And it is the end game. Now, did I get this wrong or am I even close? Steve Forbes joins me in a minute. All right, I wanna talk to you about your dog's life. It's about to get a whole lot happier and healthier. As a pet owner, you want to do what's right for your dog. That good boy or good girl is your best friend. You have to say that like, who's a good boy? Anyway, um, if you love them like I love my dog, you want them to live a long and happy and healthy life. Unfortunately, if you've been feeding your dog kibble dry food like I have, uh, it's not getting them there because it lacks sufficient nutrition. Well, this is where naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black comes in. A few years ago he created Rough Greens and uh, I tried it with my dog and my do- all I wanted is my dog to eat. He wouldn't eat ever. He gobbles this stuff down with his dog food. It's amazing. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement. You sprinkle it on top of the food. Now, I just wanted him to eat, but what I found after a few months is he completely changed. I mean, He began to look healthier. I thought he was a healthy dog, not the same dog. Maybe they replaced him. Anyway, it could make all the difference to your dog. Just try it, roughgreens.com slash Beck. Get the first bag free. Just pay for shipping. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Joining me now is the editor of chief, uh, editor in chief of Forbes magazine, one of the most influential business publications in the country. He was also a candidate in '96 in the 2000 Republican presidential primary. Uh, my dear friend Steve Forbes. Hi, Steve. How are you?
0: Uh, good to see you. I'm doing fine, thank you. Yeah, better than the market right now.
1: Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Um, I, I was trying to think who could. Who would I trust that would correct me on the things that I have wrong or help me understand it? So you listened to what I was just laying out. What do I, what yep. do I have wrong, Steve?
0: Uh, well, you got the basics uh, pretty much right. Okay. Uh, the Federal Reserve, uh, for example, creates money out of thin air. It's better than manna from heaven. That can get sticky or something. Yeah. But so, uh, what, what the Fed does, is, for example, is when they want to create money, uh, they'll call up a bond dealer. Uh, like uh, Goldman Sachs, and to say, we want a billion dollars of government bonds. So Goldman says, fine, they deliver the bonds. How does the Fed pay for them? Well, they credit Goldman's bank account. Where does that money come from? Out of thin air. That's how they do it. And uh, it's the ultimate ATM machine. And uh, for uh, years now, especially since uh, we went off the gold standard, that was decades ago, but in this century, uh, we have been uh, systematically often undermining the integrity of the dollar. And we also had the huge mistake after the 2008 2009 crisis of where the Federal Reserve and other central banks, Treasury Department and others, they deliberately suppressed interest rates. That's like rent control. I think it was Larry Summers once said there are two ways to destroy a city. Uh, you can either you know, rather indelicately, so you can either bomb it or put in rent controls. Mm. So for over 10 years, uh, the Federal Reserve and others deliberately put the equivalent rent controls. That distorted the market. It, with the zero interest rates or virtually zero, governments went on spending binges because the money was suddenly free. It would be like you take your credit card, you uh, take, take $10,000, run up bills of $10,000, and find your next credit card statement, your monthly payment goes down. Mm. So for the politicians, it was, what's not to like? They could spend without consequences. So one of the things you got to look out for in the next year or so is that a lot of countries, uh, developed and undeveloped, are going to suddenly find uh, they're in in real trouble as the uh, advent of free money goes away. You take Japan. Japan's national debt is twice that proportionally of the United States. This is Japan. Who would have thought it? And companies, a lot of companies went in debt, even companies that were doing well. I'll give you one quick example of them. Apple, biggest money machine in the world. they make uh, billions and billions rolling in cash. They borrowed upwards of $100 billion in bonds and loans. Why? Because the money was free. And whatever interest rate there was, they could deduct the interest. So what's not to like? So uh, for a generation with uh, free money, a lot of small businesses couldn't get it, but a lot of the companies did. And so they could lose money, but there was always more there to cover it. So uh, when the pandemic came along, we had the rising prices because of the lockdowns, the severity of those severely disrupted supply chains, but also the Federal Reserve even before the pandemic was creating too much money. So you had uh, both non-monetary inflation prices going up because uh, supply is disrupted, and also uh, monetary inflation. Uh, the definition of inflation right. is the value of your money goes down, usually because you create too much of it. Right. And so uh, we got both. And so now the Fed is raising interest rates, so are other central banks. And when you do that, after a generation of, of virtually zero interest rates, even negative interest rates, guess what happens? Uh, some people are going to get caught short. and That's what we're seeing playing out now.
1: So it, do you believe that this is uh, a systemic problem or was this just these three banks?
0: Oh, there'll be some other banks. But uh, what I think you have to be on the lookout for, this is not just uh, with, with some banks. Uh, the amazing thing is the overall banking system has a lot of cash. And, and deposit the Federal Reserve reserves, as they call them, which the Fed is paying a nice rate of interest, and all. So the system is in much better shape than it was in 2008. But you'll get some institutions in trouble, but most are okay. What, what you have to be on the lookout for is companies, regular companies that are going to be getting in trouble now that the free money spigot is gone, and now with the the panic of uh, what's happened in recent days, lending from banks is going to get tougher than ever. So a lot of companies are going to be in trouble. So this is going to be a slow moving uh, situation where the economy gets worse. And this gets to something very important. The Federal Reserve fights inflation by depressing the economy. They're deliberately trying to make people poor. Well, of course, that'll get rid of rising prices, because if you can't buy something, guess what happens? Prices come down. Correct. So uh, and you put the Companies out of business, going out of business sales. They did this repeatedly in the 1970s. And so they, they believe you got to uh, depress the economy. The real way you stabilize or fight inflation is to stop mucking around with the dollar and give it a stable value. Yes. Uh, we, we used to have a gold standard. It worked. You never had inflation with the gold standard. When we got rid of the gold standard, at least in the mid 80s to the late 1990s, you had what you might call a sloppy gold standard. Uh The head of the Federal Reserve, Alan Greenspan, looked at the price of gold, looked at commodity prices. So you had a relatively year of stability. For some reason, they went away from that, leading to the crisis of 2008, 2009. And uh, so uh, we have, uh, it's like doctor, what the Fed is doing today, it's like doctors. 200 years ago if you got sick the doctors would bleed you yeah that of course got rid of the pain and suffering cuz it got rid of the patient <laughs> and, uh, and 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 that's and and that's what they're uh, doing here today so what i worry about more is uh, they're talking about we got to investigate silicon yeah. valley bank and all that who's going to investigate the fdic they could have sold this bank
1: early last week. Thank you. They've done. Uh, the Thank sales. you. Thank you. And the other All right. Thing hang hang on just a second. But, I got to take a uh, quick break uh, and we're going to come back the with, the with Steve Forbes. Hang on just a second. I'm sorry. We'll come right back to you. Don't lose that thought. Um, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about our sponsor, Preborn. Um, you might be amazed to know that even with Roe being, uh, being overturned, the number one killer among infants is still abortion. Uh, as you may have heard, I just bought the entire collection of Roe versus Wade paperwork from the lead attorney. It went up for auction. And uh, it, to me and my wife, it was worth uh, 63 million lives. And um, this has to stop. And I really think the only way we can... We, we have got to turn back to God and we have to be on his side. Because he's not on our side or anybody's side. We need to be on his side, and I can't think of a better thing to do than save his children in slavery and save his children from being murdered. This is the mission of preborn. I want you to just consider it, find out all the information. You can go to preborn.com/glen. Uh, but for 140 dollars, you can introduce a mom to her, to her baby through an ultrasound, rescue five babies' lives. It's extraordinary what happens when mom coming in for an abortion sees her baby on ultrasound. Please consider giving anything you can. Preborn.com slash Beck or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Back with Steve Forbes. Steve, I want you to finish your thought. And then uh, I've got three questions for you. We have seven minutes left. And I, I want to hear your opinion on all of these things. So finish your thought from the last.
0: Well, in terms of uh, let's get to to, uh, the investigations versus the IC, Uh, that bank could have been rescued. I know a lot of people are interested in uh, going in syndicates or whatever because they know their real assets there. So I want to know why did they let that go under? It didn't have to happen. Right. Uh, Number two, how about an investigation, ultimately, of the Federal Reserve? Why (laughs) have they been engaged almost without question? in these destructive policies for year after year after year. They created the environment for what we're undergoing now with the Uh, connivance of the Treasury Department and others. And the thing is, uh, they they, they may not change overnight, but the questions start to have to be asked and people have to get over this idea the Fed can guide the economy, that the Fed should be manipulating interest rates instead of the the market, lender and borrower, freely doing it on their own. And by the way, as an aside, but sadly, it's not going to be aside. We got a big battle ahead on digital currencies. Federal central banks must not have digital currencies because that's a pool of oppression. Because yes. they then will know everything you do. Bye-bye privacy, China-style. Yes. Uh, it is the
1: end of freedom if the Fed controls digital currency. It is the Absolutely. end of freedom. Um, all right. So, uh, to stop it yes okay so let me let me ask you you know you say we have to ask some questions I think maybe maybe in 2008 they were just panicked and we got to do what we got to do uh, maybe giving them too too much credit there I think they were just panicked they so they violated all of the rules um, but they knew at some point, because, Steve, I did, and I'm a former DJ. I'm an alcoholic for the love of Pete, and I can figure this out. You can't do what they've done since 2009. You can't do it. So now maybe they have another idea, and I want to bring this to you. Do you remember Saul Amarosa? She was nominated for, tra- for the Treasury. Yep. Okay. Yep. She believed that all the other banks should be destroyed, and there should only be one bank. Last week the argument to save these banks is you're we're only going to have four banks they're going to collapse all of the, old, the little banks if we don't stop this we'll only have four banks is it possible we're shooting for just one bank that that's their way to solve the problem that they've created
0: well they uh, uh they 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 can Let's get to modern socialism In the old days, you know, they thought socialism was the government acquiring property means of production. Right. What the modern socialists have learned is you can control an economy through regulation. And uh, and, uh, so you can do it with several companies, several banks Mm -hmm. who know that their survival depends on the uh, sufferance of uh, bureaucrats. And uh, it's not just uh, big, uh, big entities. They're going after everything. We have, a, as you know, kitchen wars coming up over gas, crying out loud, uh, dishwashers, showerhead, the, the whole panoply. That's where I think they push too far, and I think you're starting to see a counter revolution on that. But in term in terms of uh, the banking system, they've got their claws in it already, and they're gonna uh, they're gonna try, in the name of preventing future disasters, they're gonna put even more claws in. Regulation can't prevent people making mistakes, and uh, and, uh, and we saw that after 2008, 2009, massive new regulations, and, they, uh, and uh, things can go wrong. The key well, thing is you have an open system where people, entrepreneurs, can create new things, do things in different ways, and uh, better our lives, and what they're doing now is they're going to put a huge wrench or a huge blockage on being able to finance new entities. One little thing. Once upon a time before regulation went berserk, community banks, local banks were the biggest financers of new enterprises. You went to the bank. Uh, Today, with all the rigmarole you have to go through, they wouldn't, uh, they'd be very reluctant to touch a startup because they know the regulators will uh, pounce on them. And uh, so uh, this great strength of this country, starting new businesses, lost a real source of uh, financing. And one of the things that gets overlooked uh, what people don't realize, the, the, the group in this country that's starting the most new businesses is the Hispanic community. Very traditional. you come to this country legally and uh, you, you start businesses. Well, a source of capital has been, uh, is going to be dried up with, uh, as they pile on more and more regs. Do you we, believe- th-
1: These are some wounds. Do, do you believe that we can develop a parallel economy that I mean, because the, the the banking system, the insurance system, it's all going the way of the World Economic Forum, and it, which looks very fascistic to me. Everything that Biden is doing looks very fascistic um, in the traditional state sense.
0: State control.
1: <laughs> What'd you say?
0: So-called state control. Yes. Statism. Right. Statism.
1: So, yeah. can, can do you think we have a minute and a half? Can we develop, or can we either heal this? Or develop a secondary economy.
0: I think uh, this is why 2024 is so critical uh, to get people in who allow this to happen. I think mm-hmm. we can uh, undo a lot of the damage of our years. We have to start now by getting. You know, it sounds so basic. Two critical things for a sound, buoyant economy One is minute. low tax rates, mm-hmm. hello, and a stable currency. Uh, money measures value. You don't float the clock, you know, 60 minutes one day, 48 minutes the next. So, too, with stable currency. You do those two things, start with some deregulation, and you'll see a burst of creativity, especially in the area of healthcare. So, we got a great year before us. And I think as we start to fight back, uh, you're going to see some wonderful things happen when a free people wakes up and says, by golly,
1: We don't have to tolerate this nonsense. There Uh, is a great future. We can make it happen. I hope you're right. Steve, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. It's really good to see. say hello to your wife for me. (laughs) Will Um, do. Thank you. You bet. Um, Tomorrow on radio, we're going to go into a few more questions and uh, answers. Basically, all of them really aimed to you, the average person. What do I do? What does this mean? That's tomorrow on radio. Blaze TV. Good night.